from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and Every I Every episode, ta- <laughs> we look back on the summer that was and all the wonderful <laughs> memories that we have as we, as we wrap up our summer vacation. We look back. That's right. That's right, listeners. This is a little bit of an AMFC clip show. Where we're gonna look back on some of our favorite memories from the from the summer that was. Yeah, Aaron, remember our fateful camping episode? I do. I remember our fateful camping episode. That was a great one. You know, uh, ratings were through the roof. You know, we got a lot of good feedback on that. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think it's gotta be a mosquito person, just because there are so many mosquitoes on this camping trip. Oh, gee. I'm trying. What a day. Oh, man. I remember the time where we took a cupcake making. Remember that episode where we took that cupcake making class? What a great episode that was. I'm having a lot of fun at this cupcake making class. Oh, man. I made strawberry red velvet. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? Actually, I feel like I don't remember actually getting to a character that episode. No. I feel like we kind of just talked about making cupcakes. Yeah, that was during a time in the show that we were kind of breaking away from format. And we were just talking about, like, our. I'd like to do that right now. We were just kind of going on life experiences and just kind of, like, seeing where that took us. I think an important thing, this this is actually Aaron talking, for our intros that we should do for the next, like, two or three, is take a moment for the listeners to, like, get to know us better. Because I was re-listening to some old stuff. Our intros used to be like ten thousand times dumber. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm listening. Let's let's get to know each other. Um, what is like a fun question for our listeners to get to know us? What's a fun question? What's a what's an unexpected hobby that that you have that our listeners might not know about? I honestly don't have any. I'm like I just play too many video games, and like I what's a video game you're playing right now that you're really enjoying? Oh my god, I've been putting so much time into. Do you know the Borderlands franchise? I do. I'm aware of the I'm Borderlands. I'm playing the Borderlands. It's called Borderlands Two, the pre sequel, and it's very that series is amazing. It's like the reason why games like Destiny and like this new kind of RPG looter shooter exists. Sure, sure, sure. Because this game, it's just mostly like a comedy game. Like every quest is a joke. Like I just had a quest where <laughs> someone hit their cricket ball too far. And as you're running to go get the cricket ball, they're comically trying to explain to you the rules of cricket <laughs> while you're fighting enemies. So they're like, you just run through the sticky wicket there and then you flick your flog them and then make sure you run into 420. It's like amazingly stupid. And I've been putting a lot of time into it. It's very relaxing. Okay. Yeah. I like that. What's a hobby of yours that people might not know about? <sighs> a hobby that I have that people might not know about is like, and people might kind of know this, but, like, I realized in the last day or two, like, I, I, I mean, I've always known that I was picky about food, but I realized I like really specifically talking about, like, very specific food dishes. Mm-hmm. Realized that's a big thing that I get very passionate about. I, too, am very passionate about, like, food and cooking and stuff. Uh, ever since working at that restaurant, it's something I am deeply, like, invested in. Like, when I was being interviewed, I'm starting a new restaurant tonight, listeners, and one of my interview questions was, like, are you passionate about food? And, like, the answer is, like, oh, my God, yes. Because, like, if I've eaten something delicious, I the first thing I think of is, like, I have to get other people to try this or mm-hmm. figure out how to make it. Or, like, tell them about what it is and, like, that kind of flavor profile if they've never had it before. That is something that, like, that tickles my fancy. For me, I I just really love, like, describing a very particular thing that I like and, like, laying out, like, the really, really specific... Because somebody asked me what my favorite sandwich was. Yeah. uh, And I I said very specifically it is a, a rare, juicy roast beef sandwich. Piled high. Do you know where we're from? Do you have a place? Like Christopher's? There's a, a very good uh, McGillan's Ale House, which is the oldest operating ale house in the country. 
Wow. Uh, in Philadelphia, has a very good roast beef. Koch's Deli, also in West Philly, has a good roast beef. As far as this particular sandwich, I can't pinpoint where, where or if I've had it. I just have this idea in my head of a platonic sandwich. I'd like to... <laughs> hey, that's awesome. And it is a, a rare, juicy roast beef piled high with aged cheddar, mm. the slightest bit of horseradish sauce yep. on an onion roll with a side of chips and a Coke. I love Fountain that. Fountain Coke. That's the perfect lunch right there. That's a heavenly lunch right there. You've been to Christopher's in Mount Holly, right? I don't think I have. What? Are you kidding me? That place is like legendary sandwiches. Like the sandwiches are huge. They give you like two pounds of fucking meat on those things. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make a trip. Oh my god! It's in that plaza, um, right by like the TD Bank by the Gardens. Okay, you know, yep, with the I CVS. Yeah, it. there's Christopher's right there. Um, and just like that, I feel like the listeners have gotten to hang out with us for five yeah. minutes and fifty five seconds. Oh my god! Aaron, do we have a problem this week? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! We do have a problem this week. We're rushing. Um. So, Nick, on our uh, Discord, sent us in our new prompt submission channel, prompt, the most famous professional sports player in fantasy. And we've had professional sports on the show before. We talked about Glove Glove before. Glove Glove. Talked about Glove Glove. But I had a very specific thought last year. I got to go see, like, uh, I think, like, not, like, the big college tournament for softball, but, like, a pretty big college tournament for softball. And I started thinking of, like, I really would love if fantasy had professional softball. Well, I mean, we've talked about softball on the show before. Like, we, like we've established that it is a, a sport that people play. Yes, we have, haven't we? Okay, good, yeah. good, 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 good. Gigi Gale wins daughter? Oh, my God, I forgot softball. Or is her granddaughter is a softball player? Fuck, yes. Okay, so... So soft- it's a thing. It is Softball a thing. exists. So... The, so what I thought of like back in the day was that ancient fantasy, of course, because I wanted to talk. I just wanted to talk about kind of like Arthur Big Jeremy type stuff today. Okay, sure. So I imagined that in the back in the day, like you know, the jewel of five crown, blah, and everybody's like, you know. So what I'm thinking is that Iron Hill and Dragon have softball stadiums, and they play each other, and it's like the fiercest rivalry. Okay. So my question for you is, does Big Jeremy play on the team? Does Arthur play on the team, or is he the coach? I think they're, I think Arthur is an owner. Okay, so he's like, he runs the, he's he helps run the league. Yeah, he's built the stadium, he funds the team. So I have a very specific pitch for you for a very, very, very silly reason. I'm that so is ready. nonetheless unbelievably important to me. I'm ready. You have said that it's Dragon and Iron Hill. Of course. I would love to tell a story of the greatest softball player in iron hill history who is a crawdad person oh we can roll for pronouns after that okay the reason being i would love if we could spend this episode talking softball talking arthur don spear and the craw oh hell yeah talking arthur <laughs> don spear and the craw <laughs> Big Jeremy and his run-in with the law. By the way, this is a Simpsons reference. For for you young folks who may not have watched The Simpsons, this is an episode from, what, 1994? Uh, maybe earlier. It's season oh. three, which might be 92 or 91. <laughs> but there's actually a much weirder history to that song than you might you might know. Another side note. Uh, that song is called Talkin' Baseball. It's actually an older version of that song, which is actually about real-life baseball players from, I believe, the 50s. What? I know Willie Mays... Willie Mays is is prominently featured in the original version of that song. That song is hugely widespread in terms of, like, sports movies. Yeah. And then they brought in the performer to re-record it for The Simpsons. Holy shit. Okay, so we're talking, now we're talking softball, and there's a crawdad person who who is the best. Uh, The full name of the song is Talkin' Baseball, Willie, Mickey, and the Duke by Terry Cashman. Okay, so what if it was Mickey? Could be Mickey. Mickey, all right, we'll figure that out. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Give so, me some pronouns. Let's give me, give me some pronouns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this crawdad person? Yeah, I'm crawdad like, person. I had to Google image crawdads so I they're could get like They're kind of like shrimp. A, yeah, they're mud bugs. Like swamp shrimp. They're land, they're land prawns, pretty much. Yeah, like mud much. shrimp. One horse. So he is a crawdad who plays softball for Iron Hill, and he is the best, period. Best there ever was. And the best there ever will be, perhaps. So, Crawdad. I'm looking at him. He's he's a little handsome lad. They're cute. Have you eaten them before? I've never eaten Crawdad. 
They're they're an acquired taste. They're good. It's like if you like prawns, this is like a earthier type shrimp. I like taste. shrimp. I like shrimp a lot. Yeah, you'd like them. They're just right. a lot of they're labor intensive. Like if you're okay with ripping a being in half and sucking out its innards. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> i know i'm really selling you on that because i remember i went hey listeners this is a cool podcast you get to know us when i was living in savannah i went to like a low country boiled type place and i was like okay like i heard these are really fun they just dump a bucket of shit on a table and there's like 400 crawdads in a bucket and i was like so what do i do they're like you rip them up and you eat them I'm like i don't think i'll pass on i'll just eat this corn so <laughs> softball and in, in uh iron hill yeah. So Arthur owns the team. Does Big Jeremy play? I want to say that Big Jeremy was a kid watching when this yeah. w- during this era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this it is... made him want to play. Yeah. Okay. Because Jeremy has a lot of hobbies. He's a big sports guy, and I think maybe this is the dawn of that. Yes. This is when uh, this is what inspires Big Jeremy to start coaching like little league softball. Like because yep. I see Big Jeremy in like the hat and the whistle and like the khaki shorts. You know, like standing, all right, kids, um, take a lap. You know, that kind of thing. Is he, is he an overly competitive softball coach or is he overly supportive? Both. Okay. You can be both. He's very, <laughs> he wants the kids to experience victory, but he supports them when they lose. Yeah, okay. That sounds like a great softball coach. Right? I'm saying. Okay, and so let me say this then. Perhaps that example right there, that Jeremy was inspired by this uh, crawdad. Mm -hmm. to be that way because if this is the number one you know most famous sports player maybe like yes this crawdad he is the best but also he's like you know he's on advertisements and motivational posters and like you know from the in like a library how to be like you know always do your best and hit that home run in math it'll have like the crawdad on there and he's like has a bat yeah so this person has inspired a generation of like positive thinking in iron hill while yeah. also beating the shit out of Dragon and Softball. Right. First, what is the name of the softball team in Iron Hill? The name of the softball team in Iron Hill. Because it's got to be, it's founded by Arthur. So it's something fucking either silly or like overly cool. You know, uh, like something dramatically ridiculous. I think their ridiculous. name is the Keggers. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's E-R. That, that is... That is that is someone that, that produces kegs, but Arthur knows what it really means. Wait, what does kegger mean? Otherwise. Like a ke- like a keg party. Oh, okay, good. I but was this like, is someone oh, that God. like yes, yes, I get it. Arthur insists no no, these are people that make kegs. These are the fine keg craftsmen that and they're like, No, that's not what they're called. He's like, No, 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 they're called keggers. It's fine. i it's fine. He thinks it is the funniest thing. Ever. My dad was in a softball league. He said like back in the day, in like the fucking eighties. There would be softball leagues um, where, like, the rules were, like, say you get a base hit, you run to first base, and you have to drink a fucking beer. Oh, that's in – and that's uh, – listeners, If to really keep up with this episode, you're going to want to go listen to the softball episode of The Sims. You're going to want to go watch that episode because they reference that in that episode. He goes over the rules of softball, and he's like, first base, you got to chug a beer. If you get an out, you chug a beer. And then seventh inning is the beer inning. Hey, we know the rules of softball. <laughs> Like, that apparently was real. And I'm not saying that, like, are they chugging beers playing softball on this? No. Okay, here's how I'll, Here's how I can change that. So I know this episode's been a little silly and, like, off, but, like, y'all, this is our third episode this week, and the last two were bangers. So, um... We're just having fun. We're having fun this Yeah, week. we're having fun with this one. So softball and fantasy is, um... It's, like, a relaxed... Like, have you ever watched, like, an adult softball league where it's, like, families and friends? Yeah. It's, like, fun. You know, yeah. it's competitive, but, like, not, no one's, like, fighting, no one's sweating, like, you know, there's no fucking um, scorebook, like, no one's doing all that hardcore rule stuff. It's pretty relaxed. It's kind of, hmm, okay, this gives me an idea. So, actually, I also have a pitch. I want to hear yours. So, if this, it's a relaxed atmosphere, right, where people can yep. feel good. Why is that? Why was that invented? Could that be invented for a reason, like, this could be, like, post-Nocturne type thing where, like, everybody's kind of feeling down and they create this softball league to, like, kind of cheer people up. I had a, an idea. I, I want to throw you out the idea that I had because it's kind of along those lines and I okay. think you might have pre- What my idea was, like, let's talk about Dragon. Okay. 
Dragon culture, especially in the days before Lance Crossblade, was about, like, being the best at any cost. Yeah. It was hyper-competitive to a fault. Mm-hmm. That obviously is going to transfer to sports. Oh, no doubt. So then, and part, so what I'm going to propose is that part of what makes our crawdad baseball player the greatest in the game is that he literally changes the perspective of softball. Oh, it makes it fun. From something that is hyper competitive and like, you know, cutthroat, you know, he kind of brings in a, a perspective of like, you give your best on the field. If you win, you win. If you lose, you go have a drink after. Oh, I like that. Nobody, nobody leaves that's mad. Yeah. yeah. This is a game for friends. Oh, I dig this. And it's like about, oh, okay. So something that I always liked about sports, because that's that's something that maybe listeners don't know. Baseball used to be my life as a kid. It was like everything I fucking did every day, every summer. It was it was it was a lot. And my I, what I liked is something when my dad was the coach, um, before the game, so when you're like 13, you know, they announce your names and you line mm-hmm. up and you face the other team. When they'd be like, Aaron Catano, you, my dad, if we went second, you would go over to the other team and go down the line and shake every person's hand and look them in the eye. Like, so it was very much like, I don't, we're not starting with animosity, awkwardness. So you would go mm-hmm. to the other team and like, say like, hey, how's it going? And shake their hand. And you're like 13, so you're a kid. But like, yeah. it was a cool thing to be like, this isn't fucking war. It's a sport, y'all. Like, we're just trying to have a good time. I guess we're trying to win. So I think the crawdad is kind of trying to bring that kind of mentality and where it's like, yes, we are like, you know, two cities, like you are crazy competitive over there. And like, you guys are cutthroat with trying to win. But I won't play that game. Which tells me a lot about who he is as a person. Let's figure and out I who feel they like are. We can, I feel like we can flesh out who he is a little bit based on based on that. Yeah. Because what that tells me, especially in the context of baseball, thinking about baseball, what that tells me is that we've got is that like his at least public persona is that of a Yogi Berra or a Doc Ellis, somebody that is, you know, kind of a celebrity outside of the game. Mm. Somebody that is somebody that is that is that is making a name that is making paper like making headlines outside of the game is like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like if Shaq played basketball now, like no one would care about what he did. He could go up there and basically play like the Harlem Globetrotters and everyone would be like, fuck it, it's Shaq. Who cares? Right. It's somebody who's it's 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 a Shaq, it's a personality player, right? It's somebody that okay, is coming this. in and is as famous and like people are talking about him not not even as much for his like skill which might be impressive but they're talking about him for being someone of note off of the field i dig this where it's like this jolly positive presence on the field where like maybe softball back in the day used to be like fucking rough like fight in the stands and shit yeah maximum competitive oh like city v city like you know arthur and luminar gripping their scorebooks like hard from the little booth like come on come on and then here comes this crawdad to be like it doesn't have to be that way y'all come on don't we all just enjoy the game like we're here for the love of this game yeah and this is the first person to ever think that and why so who were they before the great game of the uh, – before joining the Iron Hill Keggers and battling against the Dragon uh, Starfalls. Mm. Yep. Who was this person? Who was this crawdad before that? Because that would mean that – okay, because I'll be real. Like most people who play sports – and this is a big generalization, but it's true – they're fucking intense, like about oh, yeah. winning and competition. So if you're coming into a sport without that, that means you have some perspective as to like, y'all, this does not fucking matter. That oh, means yeah. they've either seen some shit, done some shit, or just like a wonderful person, but it could be all three. So were they like an adventurer, you know, who transitioned over to sports, like, you know, for funsies? You know, is it something like that? Were they like a knight of Iron Hill or something like that? Or no? Uh, you know what? I love that. And here's why. I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to, this is, this is a, I, I appreciate this because we're talking about sports. And this is also an episode where we're pulling in a lot of our own sports passions. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a particular thing that I want to talk about. Okay. And that is uh, the sport that I am most passionate about. Professional wrestling. And that is professional wrestling. Thank you. <laughs> um, a lot of the most famous wrestlers in the world, a lot of the wrestlers who, like, really, like, define the game, mm-hmm. right? Like, the this is true of The Rock. It's true of Roman Reigns. 
were guys who were like sports players in other games who like didn't quite make oh, it big my, but like so transferred over yeah and just like that they happened to find that that skill set uh ron simmons is another big one like there's a lot of players who are like sports stars fucking goldberg i'm kidding goldberg <laughs> yeah goldberg. i don't know <laughs> goldberg was a professional football player Oh, well, then, yeah, Goldberg, <laughs> like, there are people that realize that, like, those skills transfer over, mm-hmm. and then, like, they, and, like, there's a particular thing that happens in some of those cases. This happens a lot in MM, with MMA fighters, like your Matt Riddles and your uh, Shayna Baszler's, where they transfer over, and they're like, oh, like, this is fun. Yeah. Like, this doesn't, this isn't, this isn't the thing that I was doing before. I can just kind of have fun and enjoy myself with this. And it and they bring they bring a very specific kind of energy and passion to it that like elevates the the form as a whole. So I like the idea that like he is coming from something like uh like adventure. I think adventuring is where I want to go with it. Yeah, that's just good. Yeah, I'm thinking that like um just to go in like a different direction than we usually do say there's like an area in fantasy that's dangerous you know it's a hmm, i don't want to say forest or cave it's a lake um it's a lake with uh we'll say like supernatural beings in it that have been known to pull you under like you know what i mean and you know a dangerous lake with the creatures in it or beings that are want to create some havoc and chaos and you know drag people under the lake and murder them and it was his job. Like, he took it upon himself because he knew he was strong as fuck to set up a house by this lake just to have people like, okay, so, you know, in every RPG or, like, story, when you're coming across, like, you know, you're walking through the woods, you come across a house. And, yep. like, inside that house, someone's like, you know, beyond me, beyond this wood lies the lake of the, you know, the opal gaze. And the opal gaze is, like, this one-eyed being that'll drag you underneath. Like, don't go any further. And, of course, the adventuring party goes further. This yeah, is sort of like a Tom Bombadil type thing. You know, like, a person a, fir- a person in the woods who helps the party along. Yeah. But, like, keeps protects the forest or protects the weary traveler. So this is someone whose life has been dedicated to, like, keeping people safe and fighting supernatural beings and monsters. And, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, keeping people safe, protecting work. Like, a, he's like a guard. Right, but yeah. But, like, that kind of thing. Adventurer shit. Yeah. Um, and now he has found softball. How? Recommendation? A friend was just like, hey, a lot of people join softball teams where it's like, hey, you want to do something fun this weekend? You know, we can play. You know, we'll do a pickup game and what, like Arthur fucking drafts him? I think I want to go, I want to go with that because again, I'm going to pull from some real life wrestling. Um, I know that there are, there are several wrestlers that that is their story. Mm-hmm. Or someone's like, hey, you want to try something cool? It's called pro wrestling. Jacqueline, I believe specifically, uh, was one, was a wrestler whose friend was trying out. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I'll go along. I'll give it a shot. And then has been, Rao has been like, spent like the rest of her career, like, like rest, like throwing in wrestling. AJ Styles is another one. He's very big name in wrestling now. And he started out because a few of his friends were like, we're going to try out for wrestling. And he had never seen professional wrestling before, but he was like, I'll give it a shot. And now he is WWE world champion. So I have a pitch for you. I have a pitch for you. There are travelers coming from Dragon to Iron Hill. And they pass by. We need a name for this. This crawdad. All right. What is his name? Something mm. like with the last name's got to be some crawdad as fuck, like Pincers or Mudbug. You know, Mudbug uh, is. Mm, I like Pincers. Um, let's go with Pincer as his first name. Yeah, because then they can call him Penny. Penny. Pen, is his name Penny Mudbug? Penny Mudbug. Just call me Penny. So his name is Penny. Call me Penny is the name of his autobiography. Because that's the Penny. energy that he brings into softball, right? Yeah. Call me Penny. Just call me Penny. Pincer, pincer Mudbug on third plate. Call me Penny. It's please, fine. It's please. Penny. It's not that serious, y'all. So my pitch is travelers coming to the great stadium of Iron Hill to see the game are passing through by the oh, this opal lake, right, that, that Penny lives near. You know, Penny has set up shop keeping people away from it. Like, he is the barricade to be like, don't come near this. So he was asleep. People get through, you know, he saves, I'm saying he saves a bunch of travelers from the Opal Lake beings, right? 
And they're like, oh, my God, like, thank you so much. He's like, you know, I'm just doing my thing. This is what I do. I love this area. I love the lake, but I want to keep people safe. You know, one day I'll be able to rid the lake of these horrible supernatural beings. And they see him in battle, I think. Like, you know, what does he use as a weapon? It's a bow staff with a hook Mm. so that he can, like, basically fish you out of the water. I love that. So he swings it, you know, cracks, you know, this being, you know, knocks it out of the park. And they see them and they're like, are you an athlete? Like, you just, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Blah, 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 blah. You should come with us and see a game. And I think the first thing has to be that Penny sees softball for the first time. And he thinks, like, wow, that looks fun. Yeah. And then how does he join the team? Because he falls in love with it, obviously. I think that those those travelers were going for tryouts. Oh, my God. An open tryout part. <gasps> yeah, they were just they were going for tryouts and they were like, well, well, shit, you're more powerful than we are. You deserve to play for the, the keggers more than we do. The talent scout saw saw Penny swing and say and saw dollar signs in his eyes. Oh, my God. He's like, well, we're on the way to scout for a game, but we don't need to do that anymore. Oh, my God. Penny Mudbug, you are the most powerful. You could be the most powerful and amazing softball player of all time. And I think that is where Penny's kind of attitude comes from because he's just a guy. You know what I mean? He's just someone who likes to keep people safe, keep people happy and entertained. Like, he just wanted people to enjoy the lake and see the sights and sounds. But now he's wrapped up like he, of course, goes through that montage of like people trying to make money off of him, you know, because this town scout, you said, has dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah. And I think I think a big part of it is like I I think he goes into it and I think two things of note happen. I'm gonna throw out two pitches. This is amazing, by the way. I love this kind of stupid episode where it's like so not Dungeons and Dragons fantasy, but we're talking about like a a sports legend, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think what the two things I want to throw out is one, I think that like. While he might seem like a huge star at the time, like uh, like in the lake, yeah, I think a big thing is that like when he first gets into the majors, like he's not necessarily a standout player. Oh, he's just like okay, or is he like he's bad? like go- he's like good. He's not. He's good, but he's not like World Series level. Ooh. Like he's he is a solid mid. He's a solid hand. Like he's a a steady hand player. He has like basic skills, but he has no fundamentals. Like he does not know how to play that. Like he can't yeah. field his position. Like he doesn't know how to use a glove. He knows how to swing a hook. You know what I mean? And like he's strong AF, but like that does not make an amazing softball player. Yeah, and I and I think the other thing is like that. Part of how he starts to get famous, which sort of spurs into, like, him learning the fundamentals, is he brings this sort of, he brings this charm and personality to the play, to the game, and that gets his, that gets him attention. It's perfect, because we said that it's not his skill as to why he is the most popular and most, you know, legendary. It's about his attitude. So maybe he does never become, like, the greatest of all time player. It's his attitude about, like, you know, even people who are essentially being paid to do this still can learn. You know, there's still always room to grow. And I think that is what makes him so popular that people are like, look at, like, initially people are mean, of course, because you have to have that part of this movie that we're making where they're like, look at this guy from Backwater Iron Hill just swinging his bat like it's a giant hook, and he strikes out again. Ah, pincers mudbug once again over for this game. And, you know, in his his interview postgame, he's like, you know, I'm still just learning this game. And he's like, hey, you know, I gave it everything I had. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And then the next person is like, they bring in the next interviewer and the next three interviewers are all like, are all like, it's just, if I had just gotten a little bit more English on the ball, it would have, it would have gone right where I needed it to. I just, I, I, I choked the bat too much. I didn't give it everything. I, I didn't, I didn't hit it. I can do better next time. And then they talk to Penny and it's, yeah, you know, I, I had fun out there. And really what, what it, that's what we're all doing here. I had fun. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And you you get to watch, like, if you witnessed the rise of, I think Jeremy was there for, like, the most iconic moment of softball history, which is witnessing the rise of Penny Mudbug, because you got to see someone with, like, true natural ability and passion and love for, like, people and this game and entertaining people, because that's what he thought it was all about 
was like keeping people enthralled and excited about sports and, you know, just having fun, not worrying about the dangers in this world for a few hours. Because like we said, like he's from keeping people safe and like fighting and stuff. He's like, you know, I'm here so that y'all can know that you can always, there's no journey that you've gone so far where you can't just turn around and start somewhere else, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I've went from a simple life, you know, keeping people safe, being basically like a knight of my region to, you know, entertaining all of you. And yes, I have a lot to learn and I have a lot to grow, but I hope y'all join me on this journey to becoming like, you know, what I found is my passion and that's softball. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I think he never becomes, he learns the fundamentals. He never becomes, you know, the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, Mm -hmm. but he becomes good, very good. And that coupled with like charm and easygoing, effortless charisma, like makes him, you know, a a baseball, softball celebrity. I love it. I love it, especially because we talked about how competitive Dragon is. Mm-hmm. This is like the if if we're not, I'm not, I'm not biased toward any team. You know, I might like the Starfalls more than the Keggers. But this would be really frustrating if you were a Dragon Starfall player because you're like, my God, like we're trying so fucking hard. This guy has their their stands are packed, ours are empty, and they're losing. Even it's even more frustrating when he gets traded to the Starfalls. Oh my God! And it was like, a, and it was a political thing because, like, they you know they they realize you know Arthur's budget, Arthur's team budget, like Penny's star was going so fast. That simply put, he was not going to be able to afford him. So he made the deal. He be- Arthur was the bad guy. He traded him off to the Starfalls in an environment which, honestly, Arthur kind of knew would be a real struggle. But he made the trade because, like, it, it meant that it was a high publicity thing, right? Yeah, of course. The keggers trade to the Starfalls. It created it created buzz. It put people in seats. It allowed them to sort of amplify this rivalry. But Nonetheless, a lot of controversy, and honestly, honestly, if you looking back at their at their press interviews after the fact, it hurt their relationship. It definitely it put a strain on these two people that were very close into being like, I can't believe that I got traded. Like I was making my home in I in in the keggers, and now I'm I'm out. What did that teach him? Uh, I think it taught him that. Uh, what did it, what did it teach? Him? I, I know. What do you, what <laughs> so, you give me? So I have a thing when you when you're like on a team as a kid. And say you like, you know, you've been playing with the same kids forever, blah, 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 blah. Say you like move, you can't play for them anymore. There's like yeah. rules that are like, nah, you got to play for, you know, if you live in Mount Holly, you got to play for Mount Holly. So he would learn like about a different culture of people. Like keep in mind, he move, if he's traded, you have to, in baseball or softball, like you have to move. Yeah. He has to move to fucking Dragon in an era that's like, you know, old school as fuck. Not in like a bad way, but like you have to get an apartment in Dragon. You got to learn all that. And he see, he just like has a new perspective. And someone like that, someone, I think this is where his career and this was what led like to the real meteoric rise of. Um, oh, yeah. Because I think this is when he learns the fundamentals, right? Yes. From really competitive people. Yeah. He's able to coast on personality in the keggers. And for ultimately, it's the best for his career because this is where they go like, no, like, we understand that you're having fun, and we're all having fun, but how we have fun is by being the absolute best that we can be, and, you know, he's, and, and I think he takes something from that, he's like, no, you're right, like, if I, if, if my not giving 110% is impacting your ability to have fun, then really, like, it is, it is me doing you a kindness to put everything I have into it. Yes, and, and he's part of a culture now. He's part of a team that is all about fundamentals, competitive, winning, 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 winning. Does he sit the bench? Is this the conflict time where, like, you know, they don't they don't buy into his charm at first? Like, yeah, I'm trying I, to think of what is the what's the conflict. I think, I in think this, this story? is absolute. This is absolutely when he gets benched because yeah, he's just not good. He's not world class, and they're like, we can't risk losing these games. And so, like, they're like, if you're willing to go to camp, if you're willing to, like, start from the bottom, then we'll put then we'll put you in the game. But until that happens, we can't we have to see you as a little bit of a liability. You know, you're great and you're great in an interview, but we need someone who can who's great on the field. Oh, can I add a bigger conflict to this that has a little more stakes? They fire him. Okay, they cut him loose. He, you know, they pick him up and they're like, all right, this is going to work out really fucking well for us. Like in Dragon, like we now have this softball celebrity, you know, and it, I don't think he like 
picks up in Dragon. Dragons are like, I'm not into it. He's not good at the fucking game, y'all. Like, get good or get off the field. And so now what? He gets he gets the blade. He's fucking cut. But he still lives in Dragon. Does he move back to Iron Hill? Tail between his legs. I'm gonna throw out what I think is a reference to Gigi Galewind. Okay. And if not, is just a reference is a reference to us. Uh, I think he goes to the miners. Oh, okay. And I think he, um, I think he kind of that's where he kind of that's I think that's where he kind of like picks up the basics, right? As not as as he is, he picks up a lot of things in the miners as the as the star player for the uh, for the the South Dragon Bada Booms. <laughs> oh yeah, how I'm about <laughs> that life. Oh, can I can I can I add on to that? And yeah, take it in a slightly not different direction. But the direction that, like, if this were really happening, how this would probably go. He plays for the Bada Booms. Star player, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's expecting him to do his, get his fundamentals, you know, in the South Dragon Bada Booms. That Miners team becomes, like, they have the most fun that season. They they go pretty far. They don't take the pennant, you know, but yeah. they become, like, the most positive, you know, fundamentally sound team that works together in this cohesive environment. It's really great. After that, I honestly think that he's like, you know, I've been to the top. You know, does he quit and start coaching? I think he becomes the coach for the Bada Booms for a while. Okay, because I'm thinking youth sports. Okay. That's where I initially go, because I'm, we're telling this story, and it's all very silly, and it's all very sports tropey, when it, and it's great, but I love the idea of starts at zero, right? He went from zero, backwoods, you know, fishing people out of a lake, fighting monsters as just a super strong crawdad hero, to going to, like, the top the pinnacle of softball you know he was a fucking kegger overnight people loving him the stands are full then all of a sudden he gets traded and the stands aren't full anymore for him yeah you know so he gets the blade he gets cut and so he's like fuck i'm gonna go down to the miners i guess because what i need he's chasing the wrong thing i think this entire Mm -hmm. story is he's like you know if i were better that's what would get people in the stands but it's like no just being me is what's important here like just his appreciation for the game and i think he realizes that like i'm not broken you know the sport itself is broken yeah i need to start teaching the youth of today you know i need to get this kind of mentality this positive experience that i had while playing for the south dragon bottom booms i think it's something i need to instill like i want young kids to have this because i think that while he was in the as a kegger, while he was on the Star Falls, he would go to like little league games and see the young softball players play and how they dream of being on the main stage. And he's like, "Y'all, it is not everything I dreamed it would be. It's not. It's not that kind of movie. It's yeah. not all romance, but it could be if you played it like this. If you realize that this is all for fun. This is for the love of the game. This is for fun with your friends." And this is when I think he becomes the coach of Big Jeremy's Little League team. Love it. And, you know, so he's given this opportunity to, I think he moves home, right? Yep. He moves back to, like, the lake, and he commutes into Iron Iron Hill. Like, he's starting from the bottom. And he gets the opportunity to, like, hey, you know, I'd like to, you know, I don't know. How it works is, like, you kind of apply, like, I'd like to be the coach of a team, please. And you kind of, like, draft little kids. It's weird. Like, young youth sports is weird. But he gets assigned to a team, Big Jeremy's team in Iron Hill, and he, what, just, like, lives his life out as the, a coach? Um, I'm going to say partially. Okay. I think, like, I think he becomes very famous as a coach, right? Yes. I think he rises. I don't think he rises through the ranks, because there's a beat that I'm going to throw out Okay. after this. But I think, like... He becomes a co. He becomes like a notable youth league coach. He becomes, you know, he gets he play he coaches for a few different teams. He he writes a book or two. He goes on a speaking tour. He becomes famous and like a generation of of base of softball players point to him as the reason that the game changes. Yes, as like an advocate for like y'all. This is about like giving kids fun. It's not about being like because I know all too well that so many times when you're playing sports. It ends up being like a battle of the coaches, like adults Mm -hmm. being like, well, my kids beat your kids. But and he's very much like, no, it's about giving the kids an amazing experience. You know, this is their childhood. We can make it wonderful. We can give them an opportunity that we did not have when we were growing up because it was overly competitive. 
You know, and that's when a lot of pe- young people, like you said, a credit like my childhood was amazing. You know, Coach Penny gave me the confidence, you know, that led me to becoming, you know, the greatest wizard of all time. Mm-hmm. It's not about creating like um, just athletes. It's about creating like a generation of young people yeah. who are just like great people and confident and happy and friendly and help each other out. Yeah, and I think that 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 sort of puts him back in the limelight as sort of like a second start is they're like, you know, he was okay on the field, but what makes him the greatest sports player of all time is the fact that like off the field he gave himself to this game. Mm-hmm. Like it is he is one of those people that like you would look at him and and like, you know, the the record books would say that the greatest people are uh Captain Eel Snapbat. It's real good. <laughs> and uh Shimmer Star Bladeback. Fuck yeah. Those are the big, those are the names, right? Yeah, though, absolutely. Those are like the Michael Jordans of, of the game. But I think like base, or I keep saying baseball, but softball fans, right? Mm-hmm. Softball lovers. Well, they, you know, they'll be in conversations. Somebody be like, oh man, man, Shimmer Star, best of all time. Nobody's ever going to approach. And like a baseball, like diehard will be like, you know, on the field, yeah, but like no one, like you can't, you can't question what Penny, what Penny did for softball. You can't question what what Penny gave to the organization. Yes, and just gave to like kind of the world. I think it's it's sort of that thing where like everyone has a copy of Penny's book, adventurer, oh, yeah. chef, hero. You know, everyone has this book about like you know it's about a his whole approach to like just appreciating life and what you have and you know opportunities it's just about seizing opportunities and making like a positive from them i think he is a force of good in the world of being like telling his story of like yeah i was put in a position that like you know i in hindsight i probably should not have joined the keggers back then you know arthur was really excited to have me and i was really excited to do something you know aside from dangerous hero work so I jumped at this chance and you know it was a it wasn't the highest point for me it was a high point. I'm glad I helped a lot of folks out and made them feel good but you know it was a tough time for old uh, Penny. And so he writes this his book or he just tells his story, you know, whatever. It's called run, it's called Running the Bases. Oh god, yes. On the cover is him. He's got a baseball bat over his shoulder and on it is a chef's hat is like an adventurer's helmet is a baseball helmet Mm. and is like a coach's cap i love it and it's just him looking over his shoulder like giving a little bit of that like that like mischievous penny shrug like hey is what it is i mean we said from the beginning that he's best known for like having these you like you know posters in the library that are like do your best in math you know hit that home run it's because he means it like it's not a joke of like haha he is that jose canseco poster that's like you know take life by the horns no he's like you know, his posters are like, step back and breathe. You know, sports aren't the end of the world. You know, enjoy the game. All of this brings me, before we end and before we roll on tables, all of this brings me to the season of 42. The summer season, the summer 42 season, in which uh, Big Jeremy, now own, now owner. Oh, cool. This is years later. Big Jeremy now owns, now owns the keggers. Um, a spot opens up for let's say shortstop you know they're they're looking they're looking they're looking they can't quite find they're they're trying to find the right player jeremy has an idea jeremy gets an idea that is a little out there it's risky it's a little bit of a publicity stunt Mm -hmm. it is a little bit of a a little bit of a a little bit of a a a show-off thing jeremy goes out and personally like personally goes to the house of pincer penny mudbug Opens the door. Penny is an old man now, well past his prime. Oh my goodness! Says, says we want you for one. We want we want to give you a shot one game back in the majors, back on the keggers. Plays the plays that game. They sign him on the spot for a second game, and and uh, you know the reason being that first game was the first game in what is widely considered to be the greatest single season performance of any sports star in any sport ever. His hitting average, his, his his hitting average, his run average, everything is simply at a level that is unheard of in the sport. And at the end of that season, at the end of the season, the summer 42 season, Penny just walks away. You know, you know, people are clamoring for his big comeback story. And he's like, I played, I did it. I proved I, I proved I had it. 
I proved I proved that I've been putting in the work as long as I've been putting as long as I've been playing this game. I put in that work and he walks away. He just needed he just needed that one shot to prove that he had put in that work. And it is this weird sort of, you know, anomaly, right? Like it is it is it is an anomaly, a story, but it is this perfect season, this unbelievable performance, the kind of thing that no sports star would do before or after. And people just like, and it just is this little side note, this little postscript on the story of Penny changing. It's like, oh, okay, wow, he really did. Wow, he really, he came back out of nowhere and really, he did what he said he was going to do. He went in and he learned those fundamentals and he, damn. Can I add something on that story? Yeah. So Big Jeremy in a, in a like you said, a publicity stunt is like, I'm going to go get, you know, from the point of view of Big Jeremy, is like, what if we got Penny Mudbug? for like one last game. You yeah. know what I mean? And he goes to Penny Mudbug's house. This is like a long time later. And he opens the door. Penny Mudbug is a, lo- a long in the tooth beast person. And mm-hmm. what we know of the beast folk is that if they've been away for a while, you know, a lot can leave them. So perhaps, just perhaps, he answers the door and he's like, oh, hey, how are you, um, Big Jeremy? You know, everybody knows who fucking Big Jeremy is. And he gets the best season ever because in Penny's mind, this is he picks up a bat, right? You know, they're, they, they bring him to the field. They bring him to the practice field. And they're like, all right, Penny, let's see what you got. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. My name is my name is Pincer Mudbug. I've never... I've never been on a field like this before. I've never been on this great kind of stage. You know, picks up that bat and something kind of just brings him back just for a day, just for one game. He has that moment again where the lights, you know, he feels the lights and he remembers what it's like to be Penny Mudbug, the greatest athlete of all time, just for one more game. And then as soon as it's there, you know, it's right back and he's back home hanging out, watching the lake. Love it. I love it a lot. Love it. It's that great sports story, man. Everybody yep. gets one last one last hurrah, you know, but that chapter of his life is done. Love it. You want to roll on some tables? God, call yes. Today? I love this fucking stupid character. It's great. It's, good. it's a good character. Yeah. Do we have an athlete? I wonder if we have an athlete. We could do shipwright. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, he could be a falconer. Maybe we just never talked about the fact that he loved having a falcon. Oh, I have a pitch for you, Jeff. Fucking loves birds. All right, go. <laughs> Just had a pet bird. Loved it. Loved Real big it. Part of every, his life. every minute of having that bird, man, <laughs> put a smile on his face. All those moments that we described, I want you to think, you had a bird. You had a bird on a glove. The whole time. <laughs> this is a pet bird was helping him play. Is there really nothing? I'm look. I'm not seeing a whole lot of... I mean, folk hero. Yeah, we could go folk hero. We could. He is a bit of a folk hero. I think folk hero is probably the best. Okay. So let's go with folk hero. He is a folk hero. He has a, that that history, that background. Hell yeah! Do we want to roll for a defining event? Uh, yeah. Or do we just want to skip into the skip into the next thing? What are they like? Uh, I stood up to a tyrant's agents. I saved people during a natural disaster. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We why not learn a little bit more and about? And we'll tell. Penny. We'll tell. We'll just tell a story about Penny Mudbug. Yeah, Penny Mudbug lived a long life, like you know, getting bounced back and forth between Dragon and Iron Hill. Roll me a D10. Grab one, whatever the fuck that looks like. <laughs> D10 is the bane of my existence. Found it. Seven. I trained the peasantry to use farm impl- implements as weapons against a tyrant's soldiers. Hmm. Okay. Here, here's my pitch for this. All right. As as, as Penny got a uh, Penny got a little older, right? This is the era, like towards the end, of what we were just talking about. Um, Penny knew that his fighting days were well past him. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, he knew that this was kind of, like, the end of his era of, like, keeping the watch of his favorite Opal Lake on this house. Like, he just, he didn't have it in him anymore. You know, a long life of baseball, and he's, like, fucking thousands of years old at this point. I think that part of part of his new thing was teaching passersby, like, how to take care of themselves. If you're traveling, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's uh, hmm, how can we, sp- I'm trying to think of, I know it's, like, he trains people how to fight. He trains people how to protect the lake. Mm. and he trains them using baseball i love it i it's like well you don't want to get too close so all you do is you throw you throw up like you throw up the trap you throw up the lure you send that off midway into the lake and then you're free to swim for a good hour that thing is going to nibble on that piece of fat for an hour and then you just you got an hour 
You take a break, pop another one, you sit and you, 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 you sit and you swim. He just becomes like he's sitting on his porch and people are like, hey, it's the Opal Lake, the famous one. You're, oh my God, you're Penny Crowder. And he's like, I am. I'm the famous. He, in his own mind, he is the famous trainer of Opal Lake. You know, yeah. baseball might be gone for a spell, but. You know, if you come to him and he's like, you know, a beholder's going to shoot a beam at you. Best way to go about it is you take your reflective bat and you smack that beam right back at his face. You sort of hold it up. You really just want a bunt. It's just going to be a bunt. You, you lay just that hold down. it up, you bunt. I love it. All right. Give me a D8 for personality trait. Damn it. Uh, oh, I think I got it, Kevin. Five. I'm confident in my own abilities and do what I can to instill confidence in others. He is a coach. He is the perfect coach where he's like, I feel good about my abilities of enjoying my life and appreciating the opportunities that I've been given. And I want other people to, I want, you know, young people to know that too. And so they grow up to be like, you know, a big big part of the reason Big Jeremy's the way he is. It's like a lot of people probably think it's Arthur, you know, being like his squire and all that stuff like that. But, like, most of Big Jeremy's nature of, like, taking care of the city and keeping everyone safe and feeling happy is because of Penny Mudbug. Mm-hmm. You know, probably was like, Big Jeremy, it's okay. Like, Big Jeremy strikes out, he's fucking crying, and he's like, Big Jeremy, it's okay to feel sad. But, like, understand that, like, it's a beautiful day. We're out here with our friends playing a game. You know, it sure beats working, doesn't it? And he's like, I guess it does beat working, you know? And, you know, he's like, you know what? You know, that's why they give you four at-bats in a game, Jer. That's why they give you more tries. He's like, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Give me a D6 for an ideal. All right. Animal D6, go. One horse. Respect. People deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Oh, my God. It's the most perfect thing. Where, like, the competition aspect of this sport is he's like, you know, it's okay to be competitive and want to win. As long as you're not hurting other people and like respecting them as athletes, respecting them as people, you know, and that's just a thing that goes, I think that's a thing that transcends the sport too. And people read his book to learn more about other cultures and like immerse themselves into the other cultures of the world for being like, you know, his, his main things of this game are like, you know, it's two crossed bats is like his logo Mm -hmm. and one is like, you know, fun and the other is respect. Yeah. You know, and that people apply that to like fucking everything, you know, in fantasy. If if you grew up, you know, in the era of Penny Mudbug or read his book or heard about him or, you know, teach your players, you know, if you have young, as long as we go out there, we have fun and we respect each other. We're going to have a great ass game. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And the trick is, if you respect your fellow players, if you respect what they can do and you respect what they offer to the team, you're going to be a better team overall. You're going to you're going to be able to highlight your own abilities. You're going to be able to complement your own abilities. You're going to know what each person is great at and where each person needs to be protected, which is going to make you a stronger team overall. I love this. I love that it came from him being a part of like the super hyper competitive shitty league and him not really liking it, getting fired, and then ultimately walking away. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Give me a D6 for a bomb. And I also love how kind of slowly we're uncovering that like Arthur sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Three frog. A proud noble once gave me a horrible beating, and I will take my revenge on any bully I encounter. Okay. I think it was a tongue lashing. I think Arthur, I think Arthur, no, I think the co- the dragon coach just unloaded on him oh, in absolutely. front of the team. Oh. And like humiliate. Actually, no, I'm going to say it is Arthur. I'm going to say it is it is when, like, he goes to confront Arthur after trading him. Ooh. And Arthur unloads on him. Like, you don't know what I'm going through. You have no idea. You think this is my number one responsibility is managing a fucking softball team? You have no idea what I'm working on. You have no idea the kind of responsibility that is on my shoulders. And you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me how to do my job? Who are you? You are no one. Oh, and I think it is. I my think God. that's... We said it. We said it. It, it kind of damaged their relationship. A lot of Penny Mudbug's like perspective in his life is either you know fishing people out of a lake and fighting stuff or softball. And for someone like Arthur or like a hero who's like you know fighting demons, saving people, blah 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 blah. If someone were to come in there, like, yeah, I traded you. You know, it's it's pol- It was a whole political thing. You have you have upset me, 
Arthur, you have upset me, Arthur. Like, you know, come barges in in his office like, this is ridiculous. I've, I've been a kegger now for years. And you're going to move me over to the start? This is absurd. I don't know anything about them. I don't love how they play the game. I'm not going to fit in over there. And Arthur is like, are you out of your fucking gourd? Popping in here, popping off on me. Get the fuck out of here. And, you know, he accidentally, Arthur leans on the microphone and like the sound booth. And their entire conversation and tongue lashing is like, broadcast through the stadium while the players are practicing Mm -hmm. and he you know everybody hears arthur being like you know what get out get the fuck out of my office you know oh softball seriously you came in here to pop off about softball i'm trying to take people's mind off problems and you're in here popping off softball get out of here you know what i was doing when you were out here when you were out playing when you were out playing a game last week i had to march off into the swamp and and kill a hydra you want to come in? You want to come into my house, into my office, and tell and and tell and act act indignant at me? You should be thanking me. Damn, damn, this is some this is some shit right here, and I love it. I love the fact that, like, in his point of view, it's like, and that's what drove him to be such a better person, though. Like this shitty, you know, term turn turn of events where. All of a sudden, Arthur is like, you know, ripping a a new one in his office. He's like, you know what? I'm going to change the damn game then. I'm going to change the damn game. And I think that I think that he does he does the same sort of like tongue lashing to anybody that does get like over Like if he sees like a coach, if he sees like a coach like screaming at screaming at a player, like he will get in their face and be like, this is a game. This is a thing that we're doing for fun. And you're going to like scream at someone about this. Who are you? And like he oh. like unloads on. And what them. makes me happy is it kind of like Arthur wasn't being bad. It's they're basically talking about the same thing, but they didn't know it. Yeah, you know where Arthur is like, I'm this whole softball league is so that you don't have to worry about me fucking leaving the city and killing hydras and shit. You know, it's for me and Lumina had this really great idea to kind of take your mind off stuff. You know, and cheer for teams and have a great time. And you're in here complaining about my trade. Get out of here. And meanwhile, the same thing is like, you know, this game is just for fun. And Penny is all about taking people's minds off of crappy things. I love it. I love it so much. Love it. Give me a D6 for a flaw. Six, Eagle. I have trouble trusting in my allies. Oh, that's a shame. I think that really hurt him. Arthur really hurt him that day. Yeah, he never, he never fully, like, he never, it's why he kind of, it's why he walked away from being a player is because he never again felt like comfortable around, comfortable being a player. In like a business atmosphere and like a manager, yeah. like with, he doesn't trust management. He doesn't trust the business aspect of it. So he's yeah. like, I'm going to amateur, you know, I'm going to go teach young kids where it's really not about fans. It's about like just giving kids a good time. Damn. Yeah, I love it. Damn. And that's Penny, that's Pincer Penny Mudbug. Pincer Penny Mudbug, the greatest, fa- oh my god, the most famous professional sports player in fantasy, no doubt. I love this story. This is sportsy as hell. So, real quick, I do want to give a shout out to someone that, uh, uh well, first, shout out to Nick uh, on the Discord. Nick Nick hosts, uh, Nick is Tabletop Leader at Tabletop Squadron, which is a Fantasy Flight Star Wars actual play that every episode, or every once a month, posts a Star Wars-themed recipe for you to enjoy. If you enjoy sort of the, 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 the intersection of food and role-playing games, you should check out Tabletop Squadron. Love that. Also, I want to give a brief shout out. Uh, a lot of uh, something that was fueling a lot of sport, a lot of the sports stories that I was telling in this episode. I want to give a shout out to uh, if if you enjoy a th- if something that I think you might enjoy if you enjoyed the sports stories from this episode is the video series "Pretty Good" by John Boys at SB Nation. It is a series of a lot of of a lot of stories that are pretty good. A lot of them are about sports and about like weird, tiny little moments in sport history. And I recently watched all of them, and and a lot of that fueled sort of this thought about, like, the weird quirks and the weird sort of forgotten stories of sports figures. Hey, I think it's perfect, because a lot of the time, the sports stories, like, you read about them, and they end up, they're like tales of mythic legends in our world. It's crazy how these two intersect. Um. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for our show, there are a lot of ways to do it, as Nick did in our new um, prompt submission channel in our Discord. Uh, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. 
you can post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord, or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Yeah, and while you're there, check out our Bandcamp, check out our Wikipedia page, where a lot of cool articles are popping up and stuff like that, and, you know, find links to all the cool stuff we do. Speaking of cool stuff, Jeff has a second podcast. Party of One is an actual play focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Uh, All My Fantasy Children is part of the illustrious One-Shot Podcast Network. Yes, it is. The One-Shot Network is a collection of podcasts and streams about making role-playing games uh, more fun, engaging, and accessible, and enjoyable for people of all sorts of backgrounds. If you enjoy this show, consider checking out One-Shot. One Shot is a podcast dedicated to role-playing games and the fascinating narratives that evolve out of them. Every month, James D'Amato guides a new group of players through a different one-shot adventure. It is one of the most, uh, it is one of the sort of staples of the actual play podcasting community, and it is the podcast that got me into podcasts. That's amazing. Yeah, be sure to check that out. Um, verbal hug this week. I feel like this one came easy for me, but, um, it's a game. You know, you throw everything you got at it. You don't, you don't skimp. You don't, you don't half-ass it. You give your efforts everything you got. And if they, if they, if you, if you knock it out of the park, you knock it out of the park. If you strike out, you got three more shots. You got, you got, there's always, there's another inning around the corner. There's another game. There's always another game. There's always another inning. You, you give it a shot. You give it everything you've got. You, you swing that bat as hard as you can swing it. And you see where the ball goes. You know, it's not always gonna, it's not always gonna go up in center and that's okay but there's no point in there's no point in beating yourself up over what happens because what happened happened and no way to change that the only thing you can change is what you're going to do differently next game and frankly if you're not having fun why are you playing the game truth 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 i got nothing that just you know focus on what's in front of you because you can't change what's behind you that inning's over Worry about the other eight innings. Love it. Love love Penny. I fucking love Penny. I I die for Penny Mudbug. I love this fucking character. It's so not fantasy yet fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? I think that's Hell it. Hell yeah. Well, until next time. Good, good night. night. Good, good game. game.